And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere show, premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. This is not the premiere show. This is the premiere podcast. Premiere show is uh, news time. Here we are. If you do hear, very late, very late. I'll explain in a second. Uh, if you do hear a uh, birds tweeting in the background, not a birds, birds tweeting in the background, uh, I do have the patio door open for little girl Nova to go outside and enjoy. I've been gone all day, and I just I would like for her to get some outdoor time. Uh, as you can see behind me, I'm pointing with the mouse. <laughs> if you're watching the video, oh, episode two hundred one, Constitutions Podcast. Visiblescom.com. It's a website. Go there. Uh, in the back, in the background, you can see that uh, I do have a new, not new. Uh, used used from next door uh, high top dining table three chairs it came with it's pretty decent she's about to take off one cup so I can hear this stupid cat makes noise she likes to meow when I go out there I, well, when, I, when she's out there and uh, she's talking to the birds they go tweet tweet she goes meow as loud as possible though here we are recording very late but I have, I have an excuse this time it's not because I was lazy on Friday I the microphone on Friday uh, the, the power, I'm in the dining room of my uh, apartment and the outlets went out. They just died. And this happened once before, but this, this time it just, it happened once before when I, I have this brother printer. I'm now touching. You can't see it. It's off screen. I, uh, I, I, I was, I was a PA on a show for Fox on a dating show for Fox that is yet to air. Hopefully it'll be out soon. Actually. You know what? I don't care. I don't get residuals from that. I don't, I don't care. There's a show that's coming out. And I was a piano show, and they were leaving Atlanta. And so, you know, with some of these productions, when they have to pack up and go, they have to sell their stuff. They have to sell stuff or just get rid of it. Uh, and so I got this chair that I'm sitting in. I got a, uh, a hot water kettle. Uh, I got, and I got this expensive printer. So uh, there we go. That's me. Anyway, so I plugged in this printer uh, when I, I pulled it out of my my store. Was it in my was it in my storage? No, I just plugged it in uh, for the first time. I'd say like four or five weeks ago, and it, like directly into the wall because I thought that'd be best. And then it it works for a little bit. Turned it off. Came back a couple hours later, and it shorted out all every single outlet in the dining room. Go to the breaker box because I'm an adult and I know how to <laughs> I know how to do this stuff. And it is uh. It, it's not labeled. The dining room is not labeled inside the breaker box. So I'm I'm flipping the every other place. It's the bedroom, hallway one, hallway two, which is they consider. So the hallway, there's a bedroom on the other side. There's a wall right next to me. Bedroom on the other side, bathroom, and uh, the laundry room. But they consider, I guess, like in between, you know, they consider like everything past the table, but before the living room, another hallway, which is not true. It's not big. It's not big at all. I don't know why they do that. Anyway, all that to say is uh, I flipped all the switches, didn't work, and then it happened again this past weekend, and I go, I can't record the podcast. So I put in I put in the maintenance request, um, and then I yesterday I'm about to cook something with the Instant Pot, plug in the Instant Pot, and uh, where it is, it's, it's directly next to my stove, the Instant Pot. In its own little alcove, and 
the first, when I first moved in, that plug was not working. So then I pressed the button to reset the plug. Works fine. Uh, tell you the story because that plug is the is the I guess the breaker for the dining room. Because as soon as I pressed that button yesterday to get the Instapot working again, the desk light came on because it's it's a it's a um, a smart bulb in there, and so it was it just came on, and then the printer comes to life, and then and the, the Google Home comes to life, uh, the Max I have over here, and, I, and I'm just freaking out. I go there, that's where that was, and now we have five minutes of a story <laughs> at the top of this show. So there we go. Uh, if you are watching the video, you might notice that for this episode and the last episode on video, uh, it was, it's very, it's like I'm shooting at two frames per second. I don't know why this is doing that. Yeah, whatever, who cares? Hey, let's move on to the first topic. This first one comes from IGN, and I found it yesterday, written by Adam Bankhurst. You know, it's uh, interesting. I was thinking about this this past weekend because I have a lot of time to think. <laughs> and uh, a lot of time to think. <laughs> Title. There we go. It's that easy. All you have to do is just say some words. And uh, you come up with the title of the show. Five minutes in. Six minutes in. Excuse me. And I was thinking about this this weekend. Uh, you know, I used to like things on the internet and now I don't. Uh and IGN is definitely one of them. I mean, I mean, I go there. I go to IGN, you know, um, you know, for for news and stuff. But I could care less about reviews and the personalities on the website anymore. I used to, I used to love the personalities, but now I just, I know them by cursory because I, I read the articles. Um, but now I'm just not. I'm less of a fan <laughs> when I know what I'm saying anymore. Adam Bankhurst, IGN, got a text. Days Gone director says, if you love a game, buy it at full price. Now, this is something I've been thinking about for uh, years. Years, 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 and years, and years. Um, we'll, we'll get to this first. Days Gone creative director and writer John Garvin said that he's no longer with uh, Sony Bend, I believe, is the one who uh, uh, produced the game or developed the game. Uh, creative director and uh, writer John Garvin said that if you love a game and want a sequel, you should buy it at, quote, buy it at effing full price. As reported by VGC, Garvin was a guest on God of War creators David Jaffe's YouTube show, which I didn't know existed, and discussed many topics regarding Days Gone and his time in the video game industry. His appearance arrives also arrives a bit over a week after Bloomberg's report of an unsuccessful Days Gone 2 pitch from uh, Ben Studio. So Days Gone is a, uh, a, a zombie game, open world game uh, that was on PS4. It was an exclusive. And this past, within the past like two weeks, it was announced for PC. Or I guess it was announced for PC a while ago, but I don't pay attention to that stuff. Uh, it was it was announced for PC, and now it's coming out on PC. And uh, it was given away for free for uh, PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold are these things where you subscribe, you get to play your games online, but also they give you free games. Sometimes they're really good in the case of PlayStation. Sometimes they're really bad in the case of Xbox. <laughs> That's why you got to have the best of both worlds, baby. Get both. <laughs> Spend all your money on two consoles. And get a bunch of games that you'd never play? <laughs> this guy. 
it's hard. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine an adult that, you know, goes to work, has a social life and also plays games and like does like other adult stuff and then also plays games <laughs> and, and then like continuously does that. For me, baby, it's gym tan laundry. We're still doing references to the Jersey Shore, right? Garvin was asked if he heard Days Gone uh, being added to PlayStation Plus collection on PS5 caused a, quote, meaningful uptick of engagement. So what happens is these um, these games that, that come with Xbox Live or uh, uh, PlayStation Plus, um, you know, they're announced... Uh, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time and people are excited, you know, to, to talk and like to play the game. Gears of War 5 is on Xbox Live, uh, is on uh, Gold, is on Xbox Gold, Xbox Live Gold. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, there's, you know, people who bought it before are excited because that means more people are going to play. Uh, but that also doesn't mean uh, that uh, that it's going to be retention because they're because because Sony and Microsoft are paying a certain amount of money to those developers uh, so that these games can be free. The guy said, Mr. Garvin said, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find interesting uh, and might piss some of them off. If you love a game, buy it at full, uh, at effing full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PlayStation Plus, whatever. And I mean, he's right. Like when you... Waiting for a sale, yes, that saves your wallet, but it doesn't help, that, especially if it's a game like days gone that probably did not sell well people talked about it and people were excited because uh, a it's a playstation exclusive and uh, people are uh, so you know they're beating the drum about uh exclusivity and and stuff what's the best console and everything but uh, it did come out buggy but no it's the best game in the world when it comes out uh but yeah buy a game at full price to support it uh, waiting for it on sale uh, or or I I know I I think that also not talking about it I think I think you can support a game and a movie and a TV show uh, by liking it liking the people behind it and uh, if you can't afford to watch the movie the show or the or play the game then I think that just talking about it because I think I think public engagement is also a big factor of it because you know if um, Let's go back to Gears of War 5. If Gears of War 5 is an exclusive on Xbox on Xbox 1 and uh and you know the obviously you know most Xbox 1 gamers are going to get it uh people talking about it and having the conversation around it is going to keep it in the zeitgeist for as long as it's going to be. It's like having a net, it's like a, a Netflix show, you know. Ginny and Georgia was renewed for season 2 today and Netflix even they don't release numbers but they release numbers for this show 52 million and that's and uh and you know the way Netflix does it because I remember the first time Nielsen talked about you know doing their own ratings for streaming services I remember it was for Stranger Things and they they basically did uh the equivalent of measuring per episode so like your views your view for a Netflix movie doesn't count Unless like up until like up until 30 minutes in or something like 30 percent of the movie or something like that. And then uh, once you get to that, you know, that that threshold, then it counts. It means you watch the movie, even though you haven't really finished it or even gone halfway through. So anyway, buy a game, buy games, buy games. Don't wait for a sale. Yes, it'll save your wallet, but I mean, in the long run, 
Because, you know, they're going to make another Last of Us, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to make another uh, Metal Gear. <laughs> well, Konami has its own problems. <laughs> this next one comes from Ars Technica. Speaking of PlayStation, I want a real PlayStation kick. Written by Kyle Orlin. The looming software kill switch lurking in aging PlayStation hardware. So this is talking about the PS3 and the PS4. There are uh, firmware. I covered my mouth <clears throat> for some reason. There are firmware. There's uh, there's a firmware inside of the PS3 and PS4. Uh, in t- there, there are these internal batteries and online timers um, that check to see if you are online. And uh, at some point... You know, there's there's a there's a life to them, and at some point they die. And if Sony can change this, let's 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 make this clear. Sony can change this. The ticking firmware time bomb has been known in certain PlayStation preservation and hacking circles for a while, but it's gaining new attention amid Sony's recently announced decision to shut down the online stores for PS3, PSP, and Vita software. While that impending store shutdown won't impact players' abilities to play and re-download previously purchased software for now, the eventual invitual Oh Jesus, I'm dying. The eventual wider shutdown of PSN servers for these aging consoles could have a much more drastic effect on the playability of a wide swath of games. And you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to preface this here with yesterday I it's a beautiful Sunday taking a rest cuz I had a long and busy Saturday. So I'm taking a, I'm just hanging out with the cat sitting on the couch and I go, "Oh, let me let me fire up the old Xbox. Ooh, let me turn on the old Xbox." NHL, I got Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. NHL 21 is on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Let me download it. Download it. It took about three hours. <laughs> no, it took like an hour. It took like an hour. Uh, even on gigabit hard, a gigabit internet. It's, it's crazy. You pay, I pay 70 bucks a month for gigabit internet. My Xbox is right next to the router. I understand I can plug it in, but I'm not going to do that because uh, this is this too much. And uh, I downloaded, um, I preloaded MLB the show on Xbox because uh, that's coming to Game Pass, baby. Anyway, so anyway, uh, I downloaded NHL 21 and I lo- and, and EA now ha- forces you to cre- create an EA account so you can play a game online. And guess what modes, guess what games that EA makes are mostly online? They're sports games. So I had to, I had to create an EA account just so I could do, you know, there's like there's like four modes that are online only, and then I turn and then I then I then I played one of those modes, and I I was playing with bots, I wasn't even playing with people. I was playing World of Chell with bots. It wasn't people. You know why I know? Because I scored three goals. <laughs> we won, baby. It was like 12 to zip. <laughs> so the root of the issue, there's a thing called a CMOS battery inside every PS3 and PS4. And it keeps track of the current time, even if it's unplugged, even if there is something has happened, even if you change the time. That battery dies or it's removed, then uh, the, the console and the systems firmware goes, hey, whoa, <laughs> this is, shouldn't be working. The system in question has to check in with PSN the next time it needs to confirm the correct time. On the PS3, the online check happens when you play a game downloaded from the PS Store. On the PS4, 
This also happens when you try to play retail games installed from a disc because you have to install games on PS4 and Xbox One and also PS5 and Xbox Series X. The check has to be performed at least once, even if the CMOS battery is replaced with a fresh one so the system can reconfirm clock consistency. So it's not going to happen now, but there are people, say me, I own a PlayStation 1, my the first console that we had. No, no, we... We had a um, the one with pole position, Atari 2600. We had the Atari 2600. That's long gone. Um, but wait, I still have a, I still have a PlayStation One. Me and my sisters, and then uh, and then I have a GameCube. Now, since those aren't online, I can play those for as long as possible. Same thing for NES, SNES, the PS2, the every every single console before the three, and all that stuff. But in 10, 20 years, you know. From from when the PS3 or that PS4 left the um, production line, then the, there's going to be a, you're going to have trouble with that. So these these servers are going to shut off no matter what. Now Sony could say Sony could say and he's he writes in this Mr. Or- Orlean is that his name? <laughs> Should know this. Mr. Orlin, he does mention that Sony could update the firmware to to say, hey, you know, change this. But I don't think they'll do that. That's kind of like uh, what is uh, uh, God, the Pokemon Silver in the early Pokemon games for Game Boy Color and uh, Game Boy. They had these batteries that no matter what was going to happen, no, like you, you, the silver would die. Now. I don't know if that's true with the earlier ones because I do have a blue that someone gave me uh, when I graduated high school. And he gave me a yellow Game Boy because it was the color of my school. It was very nice. And I teared up. <laughs> he gave everybody else hats. He gave them like UGA hats and Georgia Tech hats, but he gave me his old Game Boy. <laughs> with Pokemon Blue and it was a yellow Game Boy because it was the color of my school. And I just went, I was... <gasps> Oh my god! <laughs> and I cry in front of him. I had a whip, but I do have a. I, I and I did turn it on uh, recently, within the past year. So probably within the past month. Truth be told, let's keep moving. Written by uh, Kim Lyons at the Verge, Reuters finally decides to charge you for its online news stories with the paywall. Guys, it costs as much as Wall Street Journal. 35 bucks a month to read Reuters. I got to tell you, I don't think I've been to Reuters before. Reuters.com draws in 41 million unique visitors monthly, according to the company, but has not charged for access like other news sites in its business-centric niche have done for some time, like the New York Times, like Wall Street Journal. Excuse me, the journal charges $39 a month. And it put up its paywall in 1996. And Bloomberg charges 35 put up its paywall in 2018. I remember when that happened. I remember that happened because uh, I had never heard of Bloomberg, <laughs> and uh, it was a big deal. God, I was out of college. I was out of. I was way out of college at that point. Jesus, I was closer to this age than I was that age. <laughs> Reuters said it generally generates half of its revenue from its largest client, the financial data firm Refinitiv. And also makes money from online advertising, obviously. 
The company says it has redesigned its website with a professional audience in mind and plans investment in segments like legal news and live streams of events. Okay. Uh, you know who started live streams uh, of events? New York Times. They sent an email this past week uh, talking about the stuff they're going to do. And I did sign up for one. Uh, and, it, and it did. It happened, and I was making dinner, and I just completely forgot. Uh, online news, and in, and in some cases, print. You know where the where these um, a lot of the big places had to come from because I think Bloomberg still prints a magazine. Uh, you know, I know, I know they still print a magazine. And the New York Times prints their paper in the mag, and then Wall Street Journal prints their paper in the mag. Uh, and I mean, these they used to be powerhouses, and now they're losing the likes of you know BuzzFeed and YouTube in terms of people getting their online news. And then, and they have to make this money. But the thing is, uh, I think this is why I, this is why unions are so important for, uh, I'm sorry. I just see an article that's titled why I left on the verge. Oh God. And it's about Twitter. Don't write about why you left. Just leave. Uh, anyway. But uh, especially for these business-centric ones, I think it's important that uh, the writers get unions, and then because New, New York Times, the uh, the tech people formed tech editors formed a union. Um, I think I talked about that. But I think it's important that they they get these unions, and then also they get fair payment for themselves because it, it's just uh, asinine that they that they aren't making money for uh, that the that the big people at the top are making the money. And then the people at the bottom who are actually doing the work, writing the articles, doing the interviews, putting together the website, the podcast, all that stuff. They're not getting any type of they're not seeing any type of great kickback. And then Facebook and Google have uh, talked about initiatives that are paying publishers so they can license their stuff. But I don't think New York Times is uh, going to pay for that. Because remember, because they, they, they're specifically not with Apple News Plus because, like, you can't even read New York Times Apple News Plus because they thought it was a bad deal. I just want to see it happen. I just want to see people get paid fairly for the work they do. Next one comes from Deadline. Conan O'Brien launches Fan Call-In Podcast written by Peter White. I like this. I said I got this email. You know, I'm a huge fan of Conan, so I'll cover anything he does. Uh, although I do think that uh, he is running down the clock on that talk show. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that's that's not rude or anything. I just I, I just think that's what's what's happening. Because uh, I, I remember last year that uh, Con they they talked about how Conan was like re-upped for like a couple years or something like that. A couple years with TBS. And then uh, he was re-upped with TBS, and then they said that his his hour was going to go to a half hour. And so, or not last year, it was like a year and a half ago. And then so you, you were excited to see, it was like two years ago at this point, Jesus. So then you're excited to see, well, in my case, I was excited to see, you know, Conan. You're, all right, let's see what this half hour show is. And then the show, they go to break for like four months. And they come back, the show's half an hour, he's sitting down talking to people. Uh, for two segments in the top, and he's and he, at the top. He's doing a monologue, I'm like okay, or he's doing a little comedy bit. All right, fine, you know, whatever. It's it's not the greatest, but whatever. And then at some point, like very soon into that contract, 
they go, ah, Conan's, Conan's going to move his show. He's going to quit the talk show. And he's going to move to a weekly show on HBO Max. Uh, and I remember the press release because I remember Conan saying, we're just going to get smaller and smaller. It's going to be shorter and shorter <laughs> at some point. We're going to do like one episode a year, you know, just stuff like that. Um, but now, I mean, he's found he's found a hitch in um, podcasting. People love the show. Uh, Team Coco is his production company is just uh, apparently doing gangbusters because they what I'm about to read to you is uh, ugh. uh so Conan O'Brien needs a friend is this podcast where he talks to his to famous people and um, and it's more it's the interview thing it's the interview thing it's just what he does talk show but in audio form uh, but now on that same feed it's going to come out every Thursday Conan O'Brien needs a friend where. A fan, excuse me, where uh, fans can call in and talk to Conan and uh, his assistant, Sonam Assessian, and comedy uh, improviser slash engineer, Matt Corley. And they'll do it via Zoom each week. They used to do voicemails and answer questions uh, in Conan O'Brien, he's a friend of the podcast, at the end, um, in the last, like, last 15 or 20 minutes of the show. Uh, I stopped listening to that part, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I love Conan, but God, I can't, I can't listen to people ask questions. What's your favorite sketch you did? <laughs> but now they're doing this. And then also separately, the company has dated its curb with your uh, JB Smoove is going to have a podcast. It's called May I Elaborate Daily Wisdom from JB Smoove. It's going to launch on April 26th. And see the comedian and his co-host, Miles Gross, offer up affirmations, elaborations, and hallucinations each day as they read a new quote from an inspirational calendar and try to squeeze even more wisdom and motivation out of it. That seems like it's going to be a uh, 15-minute podcast. That's what uh, The Indicator with Planet Money, from Planet Money, rather. That's a daily podcast, Monday through Friday, and it's only 15 minutes, if that. Uh, And, you know, then there's also uh, Up First that's that's uh, Sunday through Sunday. What do rappers say? Monday, uh, Friday through Friday. I think Big Sean said that in song. I work from Wednesday to Wednesday. <laughs> Team Coco's podcast network has amassed over 250 million downloads to date. Look at the podcast it produces. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Three questions with Andy Richter. Literally with Rob Lowe, Inside Conan, a Hollywood important, important Hollywood podcast. The best of stand up from Conan. What? Dad's the podcast with Roy Scoville. I remember that. Scam Goddess, which he acquired from uh, Earwolf. Good game, nice try. Why don't you date me? Why won't you date me with Nicole Byer, which he which they acquired from uh, Headgum. And may I elaborate? Daily Wisdom for Jimmy Smooth. It has two scripted podcasts with Luminary, which is the paid podcasting platform. Uh, Frontier Tween and Smarter. Oh, Smarter is um, uh, uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Penn? Sean Hayes. Yeah, I believe the Smarter podcast is them. Let's double check. Who cares? It. No, it's not. Then which one? What show is that? Big tech is at the height of his power, so why are so many people losing face in Silicon Valley? We live through the tech lash now. I don't know what this is. And they've only done 11 episodes, and uh, it seems they haven't made any since 2019. <laughs> yeah, okay, they haven't made any since 2019. 
Maybe that's a defunct podcast. When is, then what's uh, Jason Bateman's podcast? I shouldn't be able to say the words Jason Bateman podcast. Will Arnett. <laughs> You're famous. Go do something else. I watched uh, Thunder Force. Smartless. That's what it's called. Smartless. I'm not going to talk about Thunder Force. <laughs> the, be- the, more, the more less said, the better. I just don't. It, it wasn't good. And you know, I like everything. <laughs> I try not to talk bad about anything, but man, oh man. The actors did well. <laughs> this next one comes from the rap. We're almost done. You got nowhere to be. It's 30 minute podcast. Who cares? Sean Birch, Apple Music to Artist, colon. We pay one penny per stream, double what Spotify pays. The tech giant makes the case for to recording artists that it's more artist friendly than its chief rival. So there's been a big fervor for the past couple of years about how Spotify, well, streaming in general, does not pay artists for their streams. Remember, it's something like um, 150 streams equals one play or something like that, or one album play or something like that. Uh, but a penny is, I because oh, God, how much does Spotify pay? I think it was uh, one-third to one-half of a penny per stream on average. That is how much it was. One third to one half of a penny. A third of a penny. A third of a penny. This is uh, brought to light by a Wall Street Journal. As WSJ points out, I think the TV stop. As WSJ points out, Spotify delivers more streaming revenue to artists overall because it has a lot more users. Spotify had 345 million active users, including 155 million paying customers. By the end of 2020, the company is set to report its Q1 performance later this month. Apple Music, in comparison, has about 60 million subs the last time it shared an update in mid-2019. So let's pretend it's 2021 now. Let's, I mean, they probably have 20 more million, 80 million at least. The tech giant Apple also said it pays 52% of subscription revenue to record labels. Spotify is in that same range, paying 50 to 53 cents on each dollar. The, 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 the discussion behind screen, streaming royalties is going to get uh, bigger and bigger. I think, especially now since people have not toured for the past year, I think it's going it's, it's to it's gotta come to a head at some point because, you know, they're seeing this dip in revenue because um, touring is touring is how you, they make their money. So if you don't see, let's say you make, uh, I don't know. Let's, this is not the number. This is way too low. But let's say ten million dollars from touring, and uh, you don't get that money at all. Uh, uh, you know, let's say like let's say you only get two million. Because you had like guaranteed, you know, or because you toured at the beginning of two of two twenty twenty, and uh, you toured like into March, and you only made two million or you know a, a million and a half, and then you had guaranteed money from, you know, these other places, uh, guaranteed minimums, and you only pulled in two point five million total. Then that uh, then your other source of income was supposed to come from streaming. And even though that's not going to be in that 10 million range or 5 million or whatever, 
I don't know. I, it's hard to be a musician. I think musicians have it tough. Comedians have it bad, but I think musicians have it tough as well. They all have it tough, you know. Those rich people. What's it? Simi Charm, Simi Charm kind of life. Where? Uh, uh, wait. What's it? Is that the one? Simi Charm kind of life. What's the one where they complain? Oh Jesus! This is gonna bother me. I gotta look this up. It's on my dirty. I have a playlist called Dirty Pop. And it's just pop from the 2000s. Uh, also, I have a theory that uh, rap rap from the early 2000s is just bad. I just think it's bad. I listen to only 90s rap or, <laughs> or rap that's after the 2010s. I think uh, rap from the from the 2000s, 2000s to like 2009 is just bad. The exception of a few, I just think it's bad. I love 90s rap. Oh, Ice Cube. Raekwon, the rest. <laughs> the rest. Okay, the RZA, the Jizza, old DB. I was about to say a bad word. What is the song I'm thinking about? Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous by Good Charlotte. Can't play that, but yes. There you go. And they complain about their lives, and then, then, the, then the Good Charlotte's like, we should go rob them. <laughs> I think we should rob them. Lifestyles of the rich and the famous. No one complaining, always complaining. If money is such a problem, then I got Then we should rob them. <laughs> Russell Brandom, last story over at The Verge. Tech workers. Russell Brand- Brandom? That sounds wrong. Feels like he mistyped his name. My name is Brandon. Brandon? Okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Tech workers at the New York Times have formed a union. Oh. <laughs> this is the thing I mentioned earlier. Okay. <laughs> this is what I was talking about with uh, with Reuters. I said, I said, I think we talked about this last week, but we didn't. This is the thing. This is the first thing I put on my list last week. That's what happened. So tech workers at uh, New York Times have formed a union. They formed a union under the News Guild of New York, which is the big guild in New York. The new union called the Tech Times Guild represents more than 650 workers from the digital side of the company. Had no clue. I had no clue that that many people, uh, obviously they can't all be writers, but (laughs) this includes software engineers, designers, and data analysts. Obviously they have data analysts and designers. Uh, I did not think the software engineers would be considered under that. I think they would have to, I thought they would have to go under their own union. Uh, but this this makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. Those em- uh, those employees are not included on the editorial union of the New York Times, which represents more than three thousand reporters and media professionals at the newspaper, and is organized under News Guild. Now, uh, New York Times owns Wirecutter, which is a, a a deals website that reviews things and says which ones are the best and which ones aren't, and all this stuff. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful website for comparison's sake. Uh, but I wonder if they're under the tech side or if they're under the uh, editorial side, because they are writers. So I would assume that. But they're reviewing. They are reviewing. Stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I think tech means like they're actually doing things that aren't um, writing. The editorial union has historically excluded employees on a digital side of the paper, even as the company has expanded into more ambitious data and digital work. And I think they're doing. Um, they have a lot of uh, when something big happens, uh, like when the Capitol riots happen, 
they have they they had a, a couple of like grand pieces uh, uh, features that had that you know would track every piece of video uh, up until the end of the riot so the from like the day before like the weeks before and then end of the riot but then like they would have like maps and stuff like digital maps and and the maps were animated and um obviously those people are considered under the tech union but uh again i thought they were under the regular union the editorial union uh but now this makes much more sense and now they can fight for uh themselves and money and healthcare and all that stuff the Tech Times Guild is seeking a separate bargaining union unit, which would uh, negotiate separately with the Times management. They acknowledge that they're gonna they have they face a lot of uh, it's an uphill battle over there, Tech Times. But I'm glad that they're on it. I'm glad that this this is a way for uh, uh, a way for them to get recognized. However, speaking of recognition, the Times has not formally responded to the union's request for recognition. The Times is apparently still considering the request. Hmm. The New York Times company said in a statement, uh, voluntary recognition is a significant decision. We have heard questions from colleagues such as what a union would mean for staff who might be included in the union and how colleagues would have a say and who might represent them. We want to make sure all voices are heard. Uh, that sounds as boilerplate as um, Amazon. <laughs> At least, I mean, you know, Amazon's still a bad company. And then they're saying uh, people didn't pee in bottles and then they finally acknowledge, yeah, okay, people peed in bottles, what was right or better? But who knows if that's going to work, if anything's going to happen. This labor organizing, I think, is uh, again. I think it's good. I think it's good. People need they these people need to be represented in ways that and yeah, unions can slow things down. We, and we've seen unions be bad uh, in terms of police unions and protecting their own uh, kind. But at some point, people have liberties and rights. Now the police unions, those are bad. Those are bad. But these editorial unions, they're great. I just got the second dose of the vaccine and uh, I drove, I was driving to pick up the table and the entire way there, it took about 15 minutes. I just held my arm up in the car to, because uh, I heard, you know, you do that, like you get the flu shot uh, or if you get any type of shot, you hold your arm up and it lessens the pain. So now I'm just waiting until I start getting like, you know, a fever or something or I'm really tired. I mean, it's going to happen. Just little side effects. Listen, speaking of side effects, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you can... Okay. <laughs> Just a very long text from my mom talking about uh, job stuff. Uh, where you can uh, see... I don't know. <laughs> Me interview comedians sometimes. I haven't done one since Chris Gethard. I only want to stay... In that range of comedian now. If that sounds bad, let it sound bad. So be it. I got to be truthful with myself. Man. I can't go back to somebody who's doing comedy for two years and they're putting out an album and they shouldn't be. YouTube.com slash C plus comedy if you want to see a video version of the show. Oh, excuse me. iPad, come on. 
Oh, you can't see that I'm holding that. Oh, interesting. Okay. It looks like... I, I'm sorry. If you're watching the video, you saw me uh, try to pick up the iPad. Anyway, I'm doing some stuff. Uh, YouTube.com comedy slash comedy to see a video version of the show. I don't know why you would want to watch this because it looks horrible right now. And uh, premiere show, I mentioned at the top of the show, News Time. News Time is a uh, weekly show where I, it's like the Daily Show except less funny. I sit down, I do a story. It's written. There's jokes and stuff, whatever, bits. Sometimes I play a character. <sighs> yeah. It's all right. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I love the show. I love doing it. Uh, this week's episode was about disability in film. Disability in film and television. And how, uh, speaking of representation, getting represented. I've done episodes about uh, 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 people of color. I've done episodes about women. Now it's time for people with uh, disabilities, with different abilities. And uh, then maybe the LGBTQ community, and then that'll be it. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> it goes the coloreds, the dames, the quiz, the crips. <laughs> I'm going to get canceled for saying that. Okay. Twitter, Instagram, at C plus comedy. Me and Twitter, Instagram, at chat, black, white. Like us on Facebook. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I'm pressing the outro. Goodbye.